Well, it is exciting to know that you get excited about the powerful name of Jesus this morning. And uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, over the next three weeks, we're actually going to be in a new sermon series, and we're going to be talking all about Jesus. And it's all going to be just about Him. And uh, I'll talk to you about that in just a, a few moments. But we're, we're going to um, be jumping into a new sermon series today, and, and uh, it's going to be titled, Everything. And, uh, and then the little tagline that goes along behind it is, it's going to be all right. And, and I want to just start off today by asking you a question. Well, there it is. I haven't even seen that yet. Everything. It's going to be, oh, they did a good job. Look at all those little, little emoji things. Everything's going to be all right. Good deal. Uh, do you ever feel like, like the world's just gone crazy? You know, you, you, don't you feel like that sometimes? And everything seems a little out of control sometimes. And, you know, in my lifetime, I've never seen, uh, you know, things as crazy as they seem to be today. And there's, there's so much anxiety and there's worry. There's anger, uh, you know, and just, it's just different uh, than, than, than I've experienced in my life. There's a lot of uncertainty in life. And, and in addition to all the stuff that comes at you, you know, just from the news and from the media and from social media and from all those kind of things, and you hear all of this stuff and you just, there's always people battling each other and everybody's so mean. And you know, in addition to all that, you've got your own stuff to deal with, right? The stuff every day at home, the things that you deal with, you know, trying to make ends meet, uh, you know, trying to raise a family, maybe to run a business, maybe to do a good job at wherever you work or, or get through some kind of personal issue at home through a financial crisis or something une unexpected that, that you don't expect. And, and uh, maybe a health issue pops up and you didn't know that was going to pop up and it does and you got to deal with that. So there's a lot of stuff that, that goes on in our, in our lives and, and um, you're trying to get through all that. And I think that all of us understand what it means to sort of walk that fine line between peace and panic. You, you know what I'm talking about? It's just, it's, it's there and we have to deal with it all the time. So, so when you think about that, and as I thought about that as I was starting this new series, it was, is there anything that can help us with all of this? The answer is yes. And uh, matter of fact, we're starting this sermon series and the title to the sermon series, as I said a moment ago, is everything. So the answer is what can help us with this well, everything can help us with this. And that may seem a little weird to say that, but, but now let me put it in perspective. In this series, we're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to see something. We're going to see that Jesus is over everything. We're going to see that he made everything, that he holds everything together, that he is everything. So the answer to all your problems is everything, Jesus. And if you put your faith and trust in him and you learn about him and learn who he is and what he is, how you should relate to him and what that means for your life, then you don't have to worry about everything any, anymore. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be taking a look, a close look at Jesus. Uh, we're going to look at his life. We're going to look at what Paul said um, about Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus is, why he's important, and all those kind of things. Now, a quick review that will make this make sense about why Paul is focusing so much on Jesus is remember that th this letter, Coloss the letter to the Colossians that we're in, even though we're starting a new series, we're still in the book of Colossians, and as we're looking at this letter, this was a letter that was written to the church at Colossa 
uh, this little city in the Roman Empire that, by the Apostle Paul. And he wrote the letter because the pastor of the church in the city of Colossa, there was a brand new church, only one Christian church in that city. Christianity was new. And the pastor there was, had started the church. He had gone to hear Paul preach in a neighboring town. He came back and started the church. So he's a brand new believer, started a brand new church in a community where Christianity really wasn't a thing. And so he starts Christian, started a Christian church. And he, and he gets the church started and people start coming in. Well, uh, people start coming in. Well, you know, when people come into a church, and uh, back in those days when Christianity was brand new, they had all kind of belief systems. There were Jews that were, you know, believed in Judaism and, and all, and then there were pagan belief systems, and, and people had all kind of idols that they worshipped. And so these people were coming into the church, and they were bringing those beliefs with them, and then they would get in discussions with the people in the church about Christianity, and they were trying to merge some of their beliefs with Christianity, and Epaphras got a little concerned, and he said, this isn't, I'm over my head so in here, so I need to contact Paul. He contacts Paul. Paul writes the letter to help him out. Now, one of the prevalent belief systems in that day was something called Gnosticism, and in Gnostic belief, they did not believe that Jesus Christ was God. And they, they didn't believe that Jesus could be God because they believed anything consisting of matter uh, was evil. So a human body is matter. So God could never indwell a human body because that body would be evil. And so that's some of the things they were taught, teaching. And they taught that Jesus was like a lesser spirit, like a thing that God sent out or something. And so it was a completely different type of belief system. And this was coming into the church and it was causing a lot of trouble. So early in his writings, in his letter to the Colossians, Paul takes this section of scripture and he talks about Jesus. And he, because you see, without Jesus, you don't have Christianity. And so Paul says, you, you need to understand who Jesus is and what he is. So he takes this little section, nine verses of scripture, and, and in all of Scripture, these nine verses are the most powerful and most prominent verses that describe Christ. And so last week, you know, I told you that if you were one of those people who followed the lines and, and wanted to go Scripture by Scripture, that we skipped over some Scripture passages to get to last week's message in chapter 2. Well, today we're going to go back and we're going to pick up we're, and uh, we're going to look at these nine passages of Scripture that talk to us about Jesus. We're going to do this over the next three weeks. So we're going to be talking about Jesus, who is our everything. And uh, we're going to be looking in Colossians. We're going to be in chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Now, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the verses, and then uh, we'll come back. And today we're going to just look at a couple of them, and we'll look at some more next week. Paul's writing, he's talking about Jesus. Now remember that the Colossians are in church, these young Christians, and this Gnosticism stuff's come in, and there are people in the church telling the Christians, Jesus, is, he can't be God. He's not God because, you know, God can't indwell a body like this. It's evil. And they're saying all this stuff. So Paul says, let me just set the record straight. I'm going to tell you who Jesus is. So in Colossians 1, 15 through 23, he says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, this next verse I'm going to read you is a special verse for me because this is the verse that if you get an email from me or something and I ever sign a letter, underneath it I write Colossians 1.17. This is my life verse. 
And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And then verse 18, and he's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these words that Paul penned so many years ago. We thank you, God, that he took time to teach the Colossians and all of us that follow as believers about Jesus, to tell us exactly who he is and what he is and why he's important and what it means for us. And so, Father, as we go through this series, it's just three weeks, I pray, God, that you will speak to us and that you will open our ears and our minds and our hearts, and God, that we will see Christ more clearly. Father, that we will fall in love with him in a way that maybe we, we, we haven't been in love with him. God, that we'll see how much he matters and how he's our hope, our encouragement, our inspiration. He's our everything. So God, just be with us now as we study this, teach us, help us apply it to our lives, and for that, we'll give you the glory, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right, well, as we look at this, first thing I want you to just say is I know that some of you are going, wait a minute, now wait a minute, you're back up there, you, you went back up and you're reading these verses, but we've already talked about some of these verses. Yes, we have, and we're going to be talking about them in a little different way. So, so just hang in there. We can learn different things from passages. You know, when you're preaching, you know, you, you kind of go through and you pick, you pick out, okay, we're going to focus on this. Well, there's some other things in these passages we can focus on as well. So don't, don't you know, just go back and if, if you're one of those linear people and just make a little asterisk and write the new notes beside the old ones and you'll be fine, I promise. Just don't drink any caffeinated tea at lunch and you'll make it. Okay, here we go. Everything is going to be all right in our lives. And we, we can deal with the stuff that life throws at us. We can deal with life. We, we can have a, a life that uh, brings glory to God. We can, we can uh, advance the kingdom. We can, you know, enjoy our lives. All of that because, and today this is the one thing I want you to see. This is one thing today we're going to talk about. Because Jesus Christ is God. Did you hear what I said? Jesus Christ is is God. And, that, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to look at verse 15 of chapter 1. It says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now remember those people, those Gnostics were teaching that in the church that he was not. So Paul's refuting that. But, but he wants you and me to know this as well because he, he, he recorded it in scripture for us. 
So Paul discredits this view right off the bat that Jesus is not God. He says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Now that word that Paul uses here, the word image that he uses, it means that he's the very representation of God. It literally means a mark or an image that's burned or stamped onto something, a precise reproduction in every single solitary respect. Jesus is the full, the final, complete revelation of God. He is God with skin. Okay, so he's God with flesh. God incarnate is the way we say it. So Jesus Christ is God. He did not become God at some point in time. God didn't create Jesus. He's existed with God as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one from all eternity. He is God. Now, all, now we, we already looked at this a week or so ago, but all through Scripture, Jesus claimed that he was God. He tried to tell us that he was God. As he was teaching, he taught us that he was, in fact, God. Matter of fact, in John, I'm going to give you some of the verses. John 8, 58, Jesus said, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That statement is Jesus is saying, I'm eternal. Before Abraham, before the nation of Israel, he's talking to those Jews, he says, but before Father Abraham, before the father of the nation of Israel, before anybody else, before, before you guys were even talking about God, I was there because I've existed from eternity past. And then in John 10, 30 through 33, he said, I and the Father are one. We're the same. I am God. And, and when he said that, it, the Jews picked up stones and they were going to stone him. And Jesus said, I, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? And they said, we're not going to stone you because of your good works. We're going to stone you because you're a man and you're saying that you're God. So it really disturbed the Jews. They couldn't grasp the fact that God had come to earth in the form of a man. And other scriptures, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, that, that Word, when it says in the beginning was the Word, that is talking about Jesus. So Jesus was with God, and he was God. Now, how can he be with him and be him? Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all exist together, right? One entity, Right? So, so we see that. Then in Titus 2.13, he says, we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of who? Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. God is the same. They're, they're, they're exactly the same. Now, we could go on and on, and I could tell you more verses, but I just want you to see that Scripture supports, all through Scripture, it supports the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Now, now I'm making that point, and hopefully if you are here today and you're a Christian, a Christ follower, a believer, you know that and you understand that. But there are a lot of people and a lot of movements that don't, don't understand that. Remember those Gnostics back in that day? They didn't understand that. They didn't believe that, that Jesus was God. And, and today there are movements today that don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. And we live in a culture that there's so many messages that we get through social media. There's so many messages we get from television and from all these different things. And uh, we hear all these things. We see television commercials and th they can influence us. And very often we see somebody talking about God and we get all warm and fuzzy as Christians and we think, well, they're talking about God. This must be good, right? But it's not always good best commercials on television, I said this the other day, the best commercials on television outside of Publix commercials are Mormon commercials. Mormonism, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Latter Saints, they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. 
They don't believe in the same God that we believe in. You can't buy into their message. You can't listen to that. It's not good. They're not Christians. And unless they repent and they recognize Jesus Christ as Lord, they will die and go to hell. Jehovah's Witnesses. They do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. Matter of fact, I, I had some Jehovah's Witnesses come to my house a couple years ago, and uh, they came up in the driveway, and they, you want to talk? And I said, yeah, talk. What you want to talk about? And they started talking, and, and, and the lady was really nice lady. I have nothing against the lady. She just believes different than I do, but, and, but, but I knew, you know, so she starts talking to me. And so I let her talk, and I asked some questions, and I let her talk. So finally, when she kind of got in, I said, okay, okay, so okay, okay I, got, I just, I have to know something. And she goes, yeah, what do you want? She was all excited because I took time to talk to her. I said, can you answer this question for me? I really need to know this. Is Jesus God? Dead silence. And she was real uncomfortable instantly. And she, she could recognize, now she's got to answer this, and this could take our conversation in a different way. And she starts, so she didn't answer me. She just started talking about something else, handing me a watchtower, you know, his little thing, here, here, take this. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 no. I said, hey, 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 I really need to know this. Is Jesus Christ God? She just turned around and started going, leaving. She just started leaving. I just start following her. I'm like going out and I'm going, ma'am, 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 I'm a, I, ma'am, help me out here. You, you came here to my house and you're going to teach me some spiritual stuff and you're going to help me with God. And, and I really need to know the answer. Is Jesus God? And she looked at me and said, no. I said, well, I think he is. And if you let me talk to you now, and she, would, she just yelled something at me and left. She wouldn't talk to me. But Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't believe that Jesus is God. They cannot go to heaven until they get that right. Islam does not believe that Jesus is God. He's a prophet. Judaism does not believe that Jesus is God. So why am I telling you this? Because the things that you and me that we deal with every day, those are the groups that are out there that there are good people, nice people that we work with every day, that they believe those things. And I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you, but the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons are much better about sharing their faith than we are as Christians. Right? When's the last time you bought a 10-speed, put on a tie, and hit, it, hit the doors? Right? I saw, I shouldn't tell you this, but I saw a meme the other day on social media and there was a, it was in Florida and there was a big alligator at these people's front door on his back leg, standing up with his front feet on their door and the guy's peeking out the window. He goes, oh good, great. I'm so thankful. I thought it was Jehovah's Witnesses. No, anyway, so, um, but, but, but here's what I want you to see that a prime example today are Jehovah's Witnesses. And, they, and just to give you an idea of how Scripture can get twisted, they actually take the text that I'm reading to you right now, and they try to use it as a proof text to show that Jesus is not God because he's the firstborn of creation. So they try to take that phrase. But, but you see, here's why it's important to understand how to study the Bible. Because first of all, if you just use common sense, they're wrong. 
what Paul is saying in this entire section of Scripture is he's refuting the Gnostics who are saying Jesus isn't God. So to say that you can use this, this verse and say Jesus isn't God, that doesn't even make sense because the whole purpose of what's been written here is to prove that Jesus is God. Number two, the context. I mean, if you think about it, his statement would be totally out of harmony with the immediate context. He just got through f- describing Jesus as the final complete image, the very God in the flesh. He just got through describing his, him as that. And then, and then in the next verse, he describes him as the creator of everything that is. He would not be saying that Jesus isn't God. And then it'd be a contradiction because if, if um, all those other verses I read earlier where Jesus says, I'm God, if, if you were to say Jesus is a created being, it would contradict all those verses. So the point that I'm trying to make to you is, is that Jesus is God. And in that phrase, the firstborn of creation, doesn't mean that Jesus was the first created being. In Exodus 4.22, the verse says, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. It's the same phrase. Israel's the firstborn son. It doesn't mean they were created first. It means they're first in importance, significance in God's eyes at that time. So, so that, and then in Psalm 89, 27, talking about King David, it says, and I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of earth. It, it means he's preeminent. It means he's the, the highest ranked king. It doesn't mean he was the first one born. So they take that completely out of context to make their point. So you got to be careful. That's why you study your Bible, you read your Bible. So when that stuff comes at you, you are, are ready for that. Why don't they see it? Why don't people see that Jesus is God? Why, why do people still buy into the, he's not? Because in, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, in their case, the God of this world, God with a little g, that is Satan, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's why it's important that you and I do exactly what we see Jehovah's Witnesses and what we see Mormons doing all the time, that we share our faith, that we get out and we tell people that Jesus is God because there are people out there that are saying he's not. And we need to make sure that we say that. So faith comes from hearing the good news and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. That's in Romans. So we need to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, as believers, we're the vehicles that God uses to do that. So we need to understand that Jesus is, in fact, God, and that people need to understand that, and we need to go out and share that message with as many people as we can. Now, so, so that's the theological thing I want to get across today, is just simply this. Jesus is God. But, but So how does that apply to our lives? You know, I'm an application person. I, I want you to leave church on Sunday, and I want you to be able to take whatever we talked about, and I want you to be able to apply it to your life on Monday, right? I, I don't want you just to listen to something and go, well, that was all great, and then leave here, and, and it not change your life, and, and you, you, know, you not hear from God. I want you to hear from Him. I want you to take what you've heard. I want you to apply it to your life. So I'm a big application person. So how, how does this kind of a, of a sermon, how does it apply? Okay, Jesus is God. That's a real theological statement. How does that apply to my life? Well, I, let me just give you some things I jotted down. One thing is the, the fact that Jesus is God and, that he, and God came to earth in the form of this man, Jesus, shows us that he and he alone, Jesus, is the one that can take us back to God. Jesus is God. 
So it's only through a relationship with Jesus that we can have a relationship with God. It was God's plan to send Jesus to this earth. For God, God said, I'm going to go down to this earth. I'm, gonna, I'm stepping out of heaven. I'm going to go down there, put on flesh, become a man. I'm going to minister. I'm going to crawl up on a cross. I'm going to die for the sinfulness of mankind to be the sacrifice for people's sins. If they put their faith and their trust in me and what I've done in Jesus, if they do that, they can be saved. They can have a relationship with me. And so when we, when we see that, it, we can see that God, it, God loves us and it gives us hope. Another thing that practically we can take away is that God came to earth in the form of a man shows us that he's near. He's not some distant God that, that just created everything and stepped back and just said, have at it. Right? He, he is, he's there. He cares about us. He's not a distant, far-off God who's not interested in our lives. He's very interested in our lives. And he's interested enough that he was willing to come and die for us. So, so we can take away that he came to earth in the form of a man, and, and he's near to us. Another thing is the, the fact that Jesus lived as a man, and he ministered, and he helped people that were in need. That shows us that God cares that he cares. The, the fact that Jesus died at the hands of men for one specific reason, so that our sin can be forgiven, demonstrates how much God loves us. So there's very good application to all of this. And, and he's a savior, he, he, Jesus proclaims salvation. He, he reconciles us, remember that message we had a few weeks ago? He's the reconciliation so that we can be made right with God. And then the fact that he came and he proclaimed judgment upon evil and warned us of destruction and evil and sin shows us that he's just and that he's fair. And, and he's provided his word as a guide for us to live our lives day in and day out. And the list could go on and on. But I think you can see the application. It's really important that we get that Jesus is God because if we don't get that Jesus is God, listen, if Jesus wasn't God, then we're, you, why are you here? Christianity is nothing if Jesus is not God. The gospel is all about the fact that Jesus is God. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the basis of Christianity is, that Jesus is God. So when someone says, and I've had discussions with people, well, Mormons are good people and they're Christians. No, they're not Christians. That is not a Christian faith at all. It's a cult. The Jehovah's Witness movement is a cult. We need to tell them about Jesus. I'm not telling you to dislike people that are in that that are believing those things, we need to love them so much that we tell them about Jesus so they don't go to hell. But it's important that we get this. All paths do not lead to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You deny the name of Jesus, you're going straight to hell and you're not going to pass go and you're not going to collect 200 bucks. The only way to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Period. That's it. But God loves us so much that through Jesus, he's shown us exactly who he is and what he's like. Jesus is not a myth. He's not some prophet among many prophets. He is God in the flesh. 
who came to this earth and gave himself for you and me so that we could be forgiven of our sins and spend our eternity with God in heaven. There's a great verse in Acts. It puts it, it gets to the point. It, it, it piggybacks what I said a moment ago when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, right? It piggybacks that. Listen to this. It says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. My question is that you embraced Jesus. You can talk about God all day long, and, and obviously we love God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We love God. But when people start talking to you about God, you need to ask them about Jesus. Because the answers they give you to that question can change everything and define what they meant when they were talking about God. Say this with me. Jesus? Jesus. Okay, that was pitiful. That was so lame. We have half as many people in the 8 o'clock service and they were louder than that. Jesus Jesus. is God. Got it? Yeah. You got it? Listen, maybe you're here today, and as I've talked about this, maybe you, you've never heard this. There are literally people who've never heard this. Or maybe you have, and you've chosen not to believe it. Or, or maybe you're here, and you do believe it. Maybe you're here today, you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But the Bible says that if we will confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if we will believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Saved to a life of eternity with God in heaven, from, saved from a life separated from God in a place called hell. So it would be my hope and prayer this morning that you would embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here and you've never done that, if you feel that God tugging at your heart and that's something you want to do, you you can pray and ask Christ into your life. And I'm going to pray as a prayer of salvation today. I do this every week. And the reason I do this is because I know that sometimes people go, I I need this. I want Christ in my life. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. I'm going to help you. But, but it's your prayer, not my prayer, but it's a powerful prayer. It's your prayer that's crying out to God and asking Him to come into your life. But if that's you this morning and you want that, you desire that, then, then you just pray with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God. And I am a sinner. And I know that I need you in my life. I know that you're the only way, Jesus, to God. I know that I can never go to heaven without a personal relationship with with you. So today I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness, all those things in my life that aren't pleasing to you. And the best way I understand and know how right now, I'm committing my life to you. I'm asking you to save me and to make me part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.
you were genuine and sincere, we have the promise of Scripture that God saves you. And, and, and you're probably going to need to understand that a little bit better. And one of the ways you can get off to a good start is in a moment when we stand up to sing. You can slide out of your seat and you can go to the back of the room. And we have people back there and they have lanyards on, say prayer team, those t-shirts. And they can help you. They can answer questions, talk to you, tell you, you know, if you need to talk to someone else, they can help you get that appointment set up. Whatever you need, they can help you in this new journey. Or maybe you're here today and you you are a believer. And maybe you've just been reminded today that Jesus is God. And, and, and I want to make you aware, if you're a believer today, of how important it is that we tell people about Jesus. Because there are other groups out there today that are constantly telling people that you can get to God this way, and it doesn't include Jesus. And we need to make sure that we tell people you can't get there except for Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you need to put a prayer request on the cross. It's up here and we pray for those in our staff meeting. I don't know what you need to do today. But if you'll do what God is impressing on your heart, you can't go wrong. One more time. Jesus, Jesus. is, is God. God.